In swinger. Oh, and Ireland have the goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. And you're very welcome along to another episode of the Football Pod. The sun is shining. James O'Donoghue, you were down in Killarney yesterday. Paddy Andrews, you were in Druid's Glen in Wicklow, were you? In the Garden County yesterday, yeah. You, Great place to spend a, a sunny day with the family, yeah. You had a beautiful, relaxing day, did you? I did, but anytime I was checking my phone, I was getting a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah. Looking at Twitter, um, yeah, we had a good day out, but look, we've loads to get through to today, catching up on all the games yesterday, a massive day of football, obviously, across the country. and uh, Some great games, some good results, some not-so-good results, depends on where you're coming from, but um, yeah, we've wrapped up the group stages National League, so. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm going to get stuck the only fellow working yesterday, was I? Uh, you I were was attending the games. I was half and half. I, I was. You were at a match yesterday. You were in Killarney. Beautiful Killarney on a wow. sunny day. You're a workaholic, Jimmy. You always <laughs> have been. Everyone's always said it about you. I had to do the business. I, what, what, I was sick and I missed the, the TG Cahar coverage, but it was yes. nice to be in a live game in that weather. Like it was just, mm. it was beautiful to actually go up to a game in the in the actual sunshine rather yes. than. The lashing rain, the wind. Like, <laughs> I'd be dreading a match, but it was lovely just to walk up town up to a game. Where did you perch yourself in Clarny? Where were you sitting or standing? Guess. The terrace. Facing the, terrace. <laughs> Facing the mountains, yes. The terrace in Clarny is the nicest place in Ireland to watch a game, I reckon. The view, the scenery. Do you know who would have had an absolute... I don't know what, you, what he'd have had, but do you remember Wishy Fogarty? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to sit there in the press box in Killarney and he'd spend 10 minutes on the view and then he'd get down to the football. But it was, <laughs> there was, the view was just as important. Like. James, yeah. we, should, we should join Joe on Off the Ball about six or seven years ago and they did that. Joe just got him to describe everything around him. The mountains, the hospital across yeah. the way where we used to work, telling stories. I'd have to dig it out. It's five minutes of gold from about yeah. seven or pre all the social media uh, off the ball era. I'd have to dig it out and, and put it out into the GA feed. He was a, he was a Legion legend, my club. Yeah. Was he? Oh, right, right, right. Great man. He was. To be fair, though, you're right, Jimmy. There's not much more picturesque settings when the sun is shining than Fitzgerald Stadium so for all the players and all the supporters that have put their shoulder to the wheel over the last three months during storms and hurricanes and lashings of rain it was a nice finish to, to, to the league now to see some really a lot quicker a lot of the games you could see the ball was on the top of the ground it was flying it was big crowds again and the sun was finally shining and you can just smell championship around the corner so it's way, it's way too close yeah. it's so close <laughs> It's ridiculous. I uh, I happened to get all the games on the move yesterday. I looked at the sitting room at about one o'clock and I was like, do I want to sit in the shade all day long with all the matches? And I said, no, I'll go in the car. I'll let Schieffer drive. Her mom was with us. And we went for a, a walk up and go in Renville. I don't know if you've ever been there. I stayed in the car though for half of it. Had to follow all the action on TG Car. I couldn't oh, leave it. it was unbelievable. <laughs> Lads, red zone, TG Car. Like, you have to get on this. It was, it just showed us a glimpse of what coverage, GA coverage could be like. Mm. Michal O'Donnell, I don't know what stadium he was in, but he was perched up on his own and he was directing it. So we'd be in Clonus one minute. And next thing, he'd go down to uh, our, our, the Armagh Donegal game above in Donegal. Or he'd cross over to Mayo, Calair, and Carrick and Shannon. Beautiful scenes all over the country. It was a pity they had no cameras down in Killarney. 
We heard that David Clifford scored a worldie that we didn't saw in the highlights later that night. We heard that McCurry was having an unbelievable game. Mm. But like with, with that red zone, it gave you a glimpse of what you could get. You had the different apps, the Scorpio app. You had people following on Twitter. Uh, obviously, the radio coverage is really good as well these days. It just showed what can happen. And it's a pity they didn't replicate what they did for Division 1 or they couldn't replicate it for Division 2 and Division 3 and Division 4 because that would just be a festival of football. Well, well, do you know what? We gave the GAA obviously a hard time around the fixtures last mm. week and what happened in Division 4. And, and it, look, it didn't turn out the way a lot of people would have hoped it did in the end. But um, yesterday was, was, was one of the biggest days in the football season in the calendar outside of like provincial final days or the All-Ireland final. Massive games all across the country. And you're just thinking, did they market it? I know TG Carr did great work in mm. terms of the red zone and bringing that innovation into it. But was it marketed enough? I mean, there were so many storylines across across the board. And you're thinking, okay, Dublin Monaghan was on telly and then obviously the Cork Offaly game, yeah. the third, which was Crazy. an incredible game. And what a finish in, in that game when Cork got out of jail. But there were so many subplots going on across the yeah. country. We've constantly, constantly, constantly said the National League, the players love it, the fans love it. And yesterday is a big reason why. Different stages throughout the afternoon. Teams are going up, teams are going down. Um, and you're just thinking, can they make the most of it? Can they start moving? Maybe have Division 1 games all on later in the afternoon. Yeah. Have all Division 2 on. and the, like, like they're going to do with the finals this weekend. 100%. But all, all four finals are going to be shown. Division 4 and 3 on Saturday evening. And Division 2 and 1 uh, wrapping up on but Sunday. All you'd Could have to do, do is... With the last day of group games, maybe, and Saturday yeah. and Sunday as well. That'd just be unbelievable. Like All you'd have to do is have one featured game on TV, have all of those games on at the same time. Like We made the point last week. Yeah, Division that 4, has to happen. Yeah. It was such a pity that Leitrim Sligo ended up becoming a dead rubber. And then, off the back of it, there's two big suspensions coming out of that game that might affect both of those sides massively. I don't know what way it's going to go. There's going to be appeals this week. We're going to talk about... The Armagh Donegal game as well, and the row at the end of that match. We saw in the hurling, Ozzie Gleason got a red card. And now, of course, red cards in league affect championships. So big implications could happen there. You know, it all depends on the solicitors that are involved in the appeals process this week as well. But, like, as you're saying there, Paddy, imagine if two o'clock Saturday, five o'clock Saturday, you have Division Three and Division Four. And in Division Three, like, all eight teams have something to play for. So this yeah. is like, and, you know, there was a bit of the, uh, a sense of it given to us on, on the, the, the highlights on Sunday night but not enough like Longford Leash lads that was a massive game like Longford weren't very fancied and no. you know, hammered Leash relegated Leash to Division 4 and then you've got Loud getting back-to-back successful promotions under Mickey Hart you had Limerick beating Fermanagh you know a huge win for them to get promoted as well so just sensational scenes you even had Westmead beating Antrim too but they just fell so- short so yeah it was just it was class it was brilliant having the updated league tables as mm-hmm. uh, yeah I don't know as, uh, like what, how are you following it Paddy were you on the radio Twitter. or were you you're following the dubs on Twitter yeah yeah yeah. well not just the dubs just uh, all the, the Scorpio and things like that as well so yeah you're trying to so quality family time and you just dip it into the pocket every two minutes <laughs> See, the, hard balance. the dubs are getting me excited I thought they were going to pull off the comeback and and ultimately falling short, obviously, at the end. But like I said, there, there were so many games like that. Probably seven or eight right down to the wire. And ultimately, the whole campaign was going to be decided for those teams. So, like I said, I'm sure we'll touch on it with Cork and what's happened in Division 1, obviously, as well. So, yeah. yeah. We're going to get into all the games. 
this I think the fun. I think the the apps crashed as well, didn't they? All the live score apps <laughs> crashed because there was goals, there was goals going in every ground. There was high high profile points. It was just mental. It was carnage. But Everyone it, was mad it, to find it, out, James. And it proves that the interest is there. I think, oh, that, in fairness, the GA and TG Carr, who did a great job in fairness to them. It's a long way now since we uh, criticised the, the little droplets on the camera. <laughs> you're, you're still barred. You care, best channel. No, but in fairness, they probably didn't know what was coming this year as much because last year was the relegation playoffs. Remember, there was an yes. all groups, so like they were kind of scheduled that way. Yeah. Whereas this year now, or for next year, they'll definitely have a good idea of what's coming, and I expect it to be to be top notch next year. Like, there's so much yeah. they can do with it. Well, look, there's a, there's a new rights deal coming down the line, and you just hope that the GA takes some of the open goals that are there. Like, whether that's you know, we learned with the pandemic what happened when you put games up on streams. Maybe make them games available later in the week or something like that. Allow people to go and watch them. Look at TikTok. Look at YouTube. Try and put games up there. You know, like there's so many. Potential you're avenues. only bringing up TikTok now because the video you put up. What? You, oh, yeah. It's just self-promoting here as usual. <laughs> Thanks for that, James. Yeah, you go every week with taking someone out. It was TG Carr one week. It's around the next week. Your missus last week. Is she still talking to you? <laughs> Has anything I mean, happened since the crash? What was the fallout? It's all right, no. Okay, what happened? Well, I tweeted the picture. She barely tipped that Audi. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. <laughs> and made that massive hole in the side of it. Um, yeah, and she wrote the note on the car and left it there. Can I can I ask you? Did she got did, she paid? Did you give Christina a heads up that you'd mentioned or that you'd added it on the pod to her huge listenership? <laughs> I was so I was so delighted that I had <laughs> that I had given her a doing that I couldn't actually keep it in. I was just laughing at home for the night. And she goes, What is going on with you? I said, No, no, you'll have to listen now. You have to listen. <laughs> we got one extra listen anyway last week. Exactly, yeah. Fair ah, play. But she actually did crash the car again since. Oh. Wow. No luck. Yeah, she tipped she tipped um a rock in the gap. Now the gap road is very bad. Do you know the gap of the yes. road? Our family yeah, from yeah. There. I'm not allowed to drive it. I have to let Chief drive it when I get to the gap. I actually she just, I, she just goes around like bumper cars, is it? She does, yeah, in fairness. <laughs> but I I actually had Philly McMahon, Killian O'Connor, and McManus in my car one time going up there. I and have to get the photos because this is the greatest photo shoot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the stadium oh, for a launch and all Ireland. Yeah, it? it's amazing. Uh-huh, but I I <laughs> I was driving and I had the three boys in the back. I, I forget who was in the front. The oh, photographer maybe. Or something. in the front. But I was, I was, dis- yeah. <laughs> I was distracted. So I was going way too fast. And the gap road now, if you look down, there's just mm. a fall. Yeah. And uh, we went over a hump, but we got air and we didn't come down onto the road. Like we came down maybe a couple of feet off road. Just, just honestly, a couple of feet off a massive fall. Philly, he was in an awful state. I thought he was. I thought he was going to start crying. That's what you. That's what Kerry Resort is with the Doves back then, <laughs> <laughs> trying to kill off our players. This, this is 2015, isn't it? Oh, that's 2015, low. Yeah, it was. It was comedy gold. So yourself, <laughs> Gillian O'Connor, Philly McMahon, and who's the last McManus. one? McManus. McManus nearly went off the cliff then by the captain low. McManus isn't batting eyelid. No, I believe that. Kill customer like. <laughs> Kill O'Connor was having a rail on the back, was he? Anyone, anyone, anyone watching on YouTube is going to be able to see the beautiful photos of James posing with Sam McGuire that year. Long time ago, oh, yeah. he's holding it away from wide, all, is it? 
holding away <laughs> from all the other fellas. So, Paddy, what was your favourite promotional uh, advertisement that you got involved in? Because I'll be honest with you, lads, I have searched Paddy Andrews' sponsor and James O'Donoghue's sponsor on Sportsfile, so I do have a lot of dirt on you. Yeah, you best be honest here. We did we did a bad one there with Super Value. Yes, that's the uh, one. Did you see that? Yeah. Six million Johnny Cooper. <laughs> Picking out the What you have to do? We're at the checkout tailor. We're scanning through uh, items for old ladies and stuff. That's very oh, no. uh, giving them a hand with their shopping into their baskets. Oh, it's very wholesome. Like that was the dubs. Yeah, that was us, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Men of the people. Doing a bit, bit of a life. Many. Huh? The dubs didn't do many, though. In fairness, no, like kind of kept just, um, just the head down. We were offered a lot of stuff that we didn't do them. Yeah. Do you remember you, Kerry's one? Then um, did they do washing machines one time back? Mick O'Dwyer's back in the eighties. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was magic. That was one of the greatest ever. Have you ever seen this, Paddy? No, 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 no. Oh, I'll, I'll have to send on to you next. Yeah, for a few in a photograph. It's unbelievable. Tops off. off. I think they were tops off as if they were. A few of them. A few of them were landed with the sunburn, was it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, James, I have to apologize to you. I wasn't really thinking at the weekend and I got kind of got carried away when Jack McCarron lobbed Michael Shield as I tend to go for whenever, the points, was he? Whenever a game happens in the GA, we know he wasn't bad. I've often said Jack Mack has the sweetest left boot I've ever seen, but that's nothing compared to his composure here for the free. Not only is that up a minute and your old buddy Darren O'Sullivan, who I believe is a fellow Kit Hogue, got back saying that James O'D is not going to be happy with me. <laughs> <laughs> no. What is it about the lefties, though? I was going to do a silent treatment tonight. Um, okay. Fair play to Darren as well, because he knows a kid hog when he sees a good one. He was savage left leg. Yeah. Actually, we had a lot with Kerry. We had Gooch, Declan Sullivan, Killian Young, Darren. Declan left. Yeah. Ah. We had a lot. I don't know what it is, but it just it's just something different, isn't it? Yeah. And especially when you're young, you are marked out as being that little bit different just to have that extra skill in the locker. Mm. But as we said before, if you're left legged, you have to have some sort of a right because they the know whole you're left. stadium is going to be saying, put him on his left, put him on his left. And in fairness to McCarran, a couple of times he showed on the left, back onto the right, and swung it over with a butte. Yeah. He got so to the butte in the second half. Right, yeah. 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 With he, his right. was, he was outrageous last day. That finish, in fairness, was absolutely brilliant. And the best thing about it, I thought, was when, when it went in and Fitzsimons kind of fell and McCarron had that thought of goal straight away. And even before he had the ball, he kind of gave a glance at the keeper, kind of just over his shoulder. And then when he had the ball, he knew that it was on. And all he had to do was give half a glance before he chipped him. He slowed down, James, didn't he? Yeah. He did that kind of composure thing that we were talking about as well. Where he had enough time to slow down anyway. Yeah. No one else in the whole half. They were getting we, back from halfway. We, we'll be talking about that. <laughs> we'll talk I, I, on that one. I reckon Mick Fitz was giving out to the dubs, not the referee when he threw his arms in the air. <laughs> Paddy, you had Paul Mannion, who was a lefty. Was Jack Mack a kid no. though as well? No. Jack Mack was hardly a right for um, <laughs> McCaffrey, Cluxton. Sorry, sorry, no, I meant McCaffrey. Cluck, I meant McCaffrey. Cluck was left yeah. footer and McCaffrey's left. Paul Mannion. No, no, Jack's not left. Oh, okay. McCaffrey. Um, I thought he was no, left. No, he's not. No, he's just really fast. <laughs> <laughs> he's not left footed. Now, uh, Mannion was our only forward. Wow. And Durbo was kind of natural with Paul. Paul, Paul oh, yeah. And, uh, he was our only left footer. It gives a bit of balance, I think, to a team. Like, And, yeah, and you're right. It's funny. Like, If you look at the guys, like, so Mannion was one. McBrearty's another. Uh, 
It's like an Aryan Robin in soccer. It's like yes. the entire stadium knows what's happening here. This guy is coming back onto his left, but whatever way it happens, and defenders know what's coming, and they can still just launch scores over the bar. And I remember Mannion had two or three, I think it was three All-Stars in a row, did he? he 17, 18, 19, where he was just in top form. So he couldn't oh, miss. Yeah. Very similar to McBrady, but McBrady gets hot as well. Darren McCurry is the same. It's just like, the two of them look at the post. It's just 50 Mannion, yards, laser. Mannion and McBrady in particular, they both love receiving the ball on the sideline as well, didn't they? They'd yeah. go out there in space and make their runs in from the sideline. So that's interesting. The Robin comparison, I like that. Um, Stephen O'Neill, that was a that was a fella who obviously had both feet, but Stephen O'Neill's left foot was gorgeous. He had every shot as well, didn't he? He loved your one, Paddy, the with the left from yeah. the left. Inside. I know. I was on the end of it one time playing cornerback. Oh yes, on the end line. That, that was one of the greatest. That was ridiculous. Yeah. He scored that from the end line. He was. He was literally right on the end line. But you remember, it was a poor Peter Kelly from Kildare who he dummies yeah. twice. Yeah. And the that's, Superman block. What that's was he thinking? Kenny, that's not correct. No, it's like, I think what is he doing there? That block. <laughs> <Let's go ahead. laughs> oh, that was that was funny. Other no, Casey left not, boots. Not like the Gooch was obviously left footed, right? Joyce, Am I making that up in my head? He was very right as well, though. Like he was obviously left dominant, but you wouldn't see a difference. You wouldn't know. Right? Yeah. Wow. Like that, too, if he's two-footed, if he, if he has the outside of his non-dominant leg in the locker, like Gucci would just launch outside the rights into both corners. Oh, my God. Uh, he, was, he was outrageous. You were saying Connolly was the same. He just natural both. It's just natural. You wouldn't know yeah. what. You know, we, we guys, obviously, and most top forwards can play with both feet, but yes. you, you, could t- you can tell when it's not. They might take an extra half a second to steady themselves or... You can see in the technique where some lads are just completely natural. And Goose obviously was one. Clifford, to be fair, is like that as well. But Connolly with us was, you know, what he could take 45s off the ground with their bat foot. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just, it's just a technique yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, I, I threw but it up on. Who else? Joycey. Joycey, right? I'll run through a few Kieran here. McDonald, I, I threw obviously. it up. Kieran McDonald. I threw it up on the football pod underscore GA Instagram page. Kieran Mack, and that's from a dub. Um, yeah. Kieran McDonald, Paul Finley, great shout. Um, oh, the Dazzlers, yeah. the Dazzlers getting a few. Loads of McDonald love. Gooch, Daniel Goulding from Cork. Yes, yeah. he's obviously a left footer. Kieran Sheehan, Cork. Kieran Sheehan, yeah, we never really saw the best of Sheehan, did we? Over those years, oh. he won only glimpses. One, one in ten, didn't he? He did, yeah, but in ten, yeah. Australia. Uh, he's retired, but Jaff Fallon that comes in from Carl Gilmore. Ah. But yeah. Fallon was more like Jack McCaffrey in terms of like he was yeah, the speed like He's more famous yes. for the dummy than, than the left peg, I'd say. Yeah. One of my favourite lines from uh, A Year Till Sunday. Ja Fallon, the fastest man in Ireland. One of the old boys in the pub. I loved it. Um, who else we got? Loads of shots for, for Clifford, Stephen O'Neill, uh, Jack McCarran as well. More of a two-footer, but Dear McConnelly had a sweet left peg. That's Owen Morgan. Connor Sweeney, Niall Fitz. Yeah. Remember that clutch score he got against Limerick uh, back in 2020. Peter Hart has to be up there. Yeah, quality left footer as well. And Kevin it? O'Neill. Sorry, Kevin O'Neill from Mayo. That yeah. was a quality left boot as yeah. well. Was Stephen McDonald left? Am I thinking that up? No. Irma, great. I don't think so. Right. Okay. right. He's a right. Uh, okay. Jamie Furlong from Wicklow as well. Boss of a, boss of a full forward. Uh, Conor McGrainer came in with that one. Have a look at the stats, the scoring he did for Wicklow, Boston and New York. Was Kevin Cassidy... Cassidy was the left, wasn't he? He launched an outside the left for Donegal against Kildare in that quarter final. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, the, the one from an extra time that just about had the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make a difference? It, it, does it make a difference if a team, if you're analysing a team and they don't have a left-footed kicker, does it make a difference to how you set up defensively? No. Because surely it changes how they're able to play the ball in, no? So you need to be worried about that. You weren't playing in the backs. No, I switched know. off when those meetings went on. <laughs> Daydream. Think about holidays. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you see... Why would it? Because you can kick from both sides. Like Paddy loved that one with the right from the right, but a left yeah. legger would just be as comfortable as kicking from that angle. Yeah. You know, the left leg, so, or from that spot with the left. I don't think you'd set up differently. Okay. But I think a left legger, say if, uh, probably only 20% of players are left legged, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, between 20 and 25. So if the defender is marking you, four out of five times, he's going to be marking a right legged player, and now you're thrown in there on the left. I used yeah. to like playing left corner forward because never would the right corner back be marking a lefty at 15. Like oh. 15 is a very right-legged position. Your, hey. your left-leggers are always 13. And I used to love being yeah. in the 15 spot. That's interesting. Yeah, it just, it just threw a spanner in the works. And you could have that paddy shot with the left from the left. Or if they bought that dummy, then you could tip it over with the right yeah. from yeah. a closer angle. But I, love I don't that. think you'd set up differently defensively. The paddy shot. Yeah, I like that. I'm painting yeah. that. I like it too. <laughs> Maybe it's Stephen O'Neill, yeah. Yes. <laughs> good right, lads. Did you, go for, you went for the Superman dive on that one as well, did you? Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. 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 I just let him shoot. I was like, this fella is crossing it or something. <laughs> I didn't even try and block him. Jeez. No, I knew my lesson. I knew yeah. I was in the presence of something special there. Right, lads. Well, we're, we're 20 minutes into episode 10 of the football pod we're 10 episodes down Paddy me and you this is 40 together James number oh. 10 congratulations you've made it this far Don't we're still going well played um, what a weekend of football we had in division 1 Donegal stayed up they bet Armagh 114 to 113 very very interesting game but more so on what happened afterwards we don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be you'd imagine a bit of a fallout at the CCCCCC this week um it hasn't got I don't know what maybe I'm wrong but it doesn't seem like it's got as much coverage as the Armagh Tyrone game now I know the Tyrone Armagh game was on telly at the mm-hmm. time and there was that video of what seemed like the kid was in the middle of the row which was uh, which was trending as well and all over WhatsApp but at the time we all agreed it's not a good look you don't want to see it in it but I think the fallout from it was I think we all questioned it, how you could look at a round like that and pull out one Armagh guy and, and four Tyrone guys from David Goff. There was obviously none of that yesterday, but the GA upheld all of that, which we expected that they would because they want to stamp this out completely. Mm. But you look at the clips from it from League Sunday last night, I think it's Fergal Kelly, the Longford linesman, is right in the middle of it. The referees are all standing there. They've they're watching. And they're nearly, yeah, they're nearly just taking a step back looking at exactly what's happening. Um, it will be interesting to see what suspenses are going to be dished out around that because those guys obviously play each other in four weeks' time in the championship. Yeah. It is like the Throne lads missed out on one league game in February. It will be a massive disappointment to any player to miss out in the first round of the championship, particularly a game that big, Donegal and Armagh, where the winners of that are going to be fancying themselves to win the Ulster Championship. So, it was it was silly for players to get involved in it that close to championship, but I think fair Huge. was fair. They were very 
swiftly dealt with by the CCCCCCC after the previous round this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. But I do think players are going to be sweating this week because it looked, mm. there was a couple of slaps in that one, probably more so than throwing our man one. So there's a, there's a few, but it's just absolute utter chaos. Like there's subs coming in as well. Um, do you know, like, I thought it was interesting that there was no, I know it was after final, there was no red cards dished out. Like yeah. obviously the referees are going back to make their notes, bring it to the referees report to the, to the committee. And we'll just see what the fallout is there. But like, who was the ref? Said, if Goff was there, it would have been six reds each. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it would have been. I feel like he might have, uh, oh, maybe. I don't know. But the difference, like, the difference with this one was, and maybe because it hasn't got, as much coverage because of this is because there was no red cards. It was so shocking to see bang, 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 red, 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 red. Yeah, in the yeah. Tyrone game. It was like, whoa, that hasn't happened before. Whereas we've kind of seen a brawl so many times, but yeah, it's, you are kind of sick of seeing it now, aren't you? Do you know, it's just kind of not. Well, there's a load of headlocks again, you know, like there's a couple of digs this time, but there's a heap of headlocks again. You think you know, uh, they might have learned their lesson. There's always one or two fellas in the panel who are waiting for a brawl. Yeah. <laughs> was that you? That was my time and I go. Like, Who's the guilty party in Kerry? Go on, throw somebody no, under the bus never, here. There was never, there was never, <laughs> Darren, yeah, in fairness to Darren. <laughs> Darren, Anthony Marr, Donahue. <laughs> few lads well, I, I could name if you're not going to name yeah. anyone. We had one or two scuffles with Donny Gall, all right, in Tralee. Um, but kind of nothing major. I don't think there was ever, oh, do you know what happened? Neil McGee, he grabbed um, Alan Fitzgerald's finger ah, and, and dislocated it. That's a bad one. Yeah. That's nasty. And Alan... Hey, come Alan on, you're better than that. Just jabbed him into the nose, broke his nose, so there was blood. So the two Jesus. of them had to go. Two of them got sent off. Jesus. That's a bad uh, one then, when they grab your finger. Like, I've yeah. that, that is... Oh. It is. And the next time they came down, then there was a bit of trouble, but... That kind of that lingers then, doesn't it? Whatever happens, kind of lingers, carries over to the following year. Paddy Nealon was a referee from Roscommon, so right. we we'll come back and we'll touch on that game in a little while. Um, the other game, uh, it was in Carrick and Shannon. Mayo obviously had no home games in the league this year. Mayo went to the league final. Yeah. James O'Donoghue, last week you were tearing your hair out and you were asking the question, "Why don't Mayo want to win the league?" Well, we'll get to see it next weekend because Kerry yeah. are taking on Mayo in the league final, and that is going to be very very interesting to watch. Mayo pull this one out of the bag 220 to 18 points against Kildare 50 odd minutes on the clock Kildare only a point down they look like you know they might actually stay up if they if they pull a win out if Jack McCarron had missed that free at the very end of the game in Clonus Kildare would have stayed up and Monaghan and Dublin would have both gone down but Kildare after a decent Division 1 campaign have been relegated to Division 2 um, again Jimmy Highland Ben McCormick kicked four points apiece and for Mayo Ryan O'Donoghue shot the lights out again 1-4 Jason Doherty kicked five points missed the goal chance um, still no sign of Killian O'Connor Jeremy O'Connor we hear has had a recurrence of a hamstring injury and they lost Brendan Harrison during the week as well so it'll be interesting to see what side James Horan picks out we might preview yeah. that game a little later so Mayo into the league final Kildare relegated Kerry were already in the league final. James, you're in this game. We're going to get more in depth on this, but a late winner for Tyrone. Dazzler shot the lights out. So I want to hear a bit about Darren McCurry in a couple of minutes. And then as we've been talking about already, and we're going to launch off of this game, Monaghan 313, Dublin 118, a savage game that was won at the debt and relegated the dubs. Division two, just to run through the results. Um, the most important game, I suppose, was Offaly and Cork. Mm. And this was a crazy game of football. <laughs> like some of the 
mad decisions have been highlighted afterwards. Some of the crazy rules that were brought in place and enacted. Um, once it was enacted mistakenly in the first half, I believe, where Paddy Donegan received a, a pass back, but it had actually gone to a defender before it went back to him. It's this rule in, in Gaelic football that if the keeper kicks it to a corner back, it's the Stephen Cluxon rule technically, isn't it? That if the keeper kicks yeah. it to the corner back, they can't give it back to the keeper. So in the first half, Donegan gives it out into the left wing, but two defenders switch passes. Then I think actually defender screws a pass. It was a poor pass that he was aiming to another defender, but Donegan collects it. He goes flying and the goalkeeper goes flying down the wing and uh, Maggie Farley, who's the, the lines person, calls it as a free. I think she had thought that it was uh, that it had gone straight back to him. So that could call up seemingly that she, she had called that out. And then the second half on the other side, uh, Donegan, a, a bad back pass to him. It rolls out over the end line and he could have let it go for 45. He keeps the it centre in. Centre back. He's calling the centre back. Centre back, back isn't listening. There's hardly that listening. many people. There's hardly that many people there. Like, you how are you not here? It's too late. And yeah. it's like, so I feel oh. sorry for Paddy Donegan. Uh, yeah. And he, he did put it up on Twitter. I feel like he deleted it afterwards, but the Irish Examiner published all his quotes. He had a fair rant after the game um, about the officials. Yeah. And, but it's, uh, a good, it's, it's tough. A like, it's tough. I think the yeah. rule. I think that's I a, think it's a good rule. Yeah. yeah, kick it out to the back and back to the keeper. It's like, oh god, you know, it's just <laughs> it's boring to watch. So yeah. I think it's a good rule to to make them play to another player. Spoken like a true corner forward, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it go out so it can come in fairly quick again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I reckon Sherlock would have snapped over forty-five. Yeah, he probably yeah, would have. Would have been harder, but. But, yeah, yeah, it would have been a way tougher kick, and but I, I would have backed him for it. It was yeah. up to the centre back really to come and, and bail him out, but there was a bit of communication error there. Really. Yeah, there's a few awfully books as well putting clips up of Anton Sullivan getting nailed by his shoulder to the face by Brian Hurley and not getting free. Like that stuff kind of happens, doesn't it? Like it kind of happens on both sides, but like seemingly, apparently, Offaly felt very hard done by by that game afterwards. In fairness to John Mahan, Offaly are now down essentially into the Talchin Cup. We'll come back to it a little later. He had some good quotes about the Touching Cup that we'll come back to. But he really thinks it's going to benefit awfully enormously. Playing with a younger side, it's going to yeah. be easier for us to bring in through this crop that we've got here. I was involved in that B Championship back in the day with Claire and Fermanagh where we went on and we won it. And it certainly gave us a bit of momentum to build and get a bit of experience. So look, hopefully everyone treats it the way John Mann is planning to treat it because it could be a very, very competitive Touching Cup uh, depending on how teams go. So the other games in Division 2, the Rossies. Paddy Andrews knew they were going to get promoted, I feel, at yeah. the start of the year. Give them their credit, the Paddy. They hammered an understrength Galway side. Understrength in the fact that Joyce made a number of changes. A couple of players actually put their hands up for, for a spot, actually, for poor Joyce at the weekend. But uh, Roscommon won 120 to 115. Donny Smith and Connor Cox shot the lights out for the Rossies. Derry then, obviously, needed a result to go their way. They bet Mead. Mead let that one go. Um, 211 to 116 and Navin. And then Clare... They were pretty much safe anyway. They bet down 214 to 1-9. In Division 3, this is where the chaos was. Limerick. Unbelievable story. They bet Fermanagh 116 to 14 points. They're promoted alongside Loud under Mickey Hart. They bet Wicklow. Loud now back-to-back <clears throat> successful promotions under Mickey Hart from Division 4 up to Division 2. Unbelievable story. And Kieran Downey scored 1-4. So I'm not going to mention their main man who kicked seven points, but Kieran Downey scored 1-4 this week for Loud. So fair play for picking up the mantle there. And the other big game, Longford relegating Leash. Like, it's been a tough couple of years now for Leash football. Um, and, you know. and if they did a decent start with Billy Sheen. They got to their World Cup final, obviously. Yeah. They gave the dubs a good game in that. 
and you're thinking, okay, Leash, bit of impetus after, obviously, last year with Mike Cork, and it kind of didn't end well from them. And I think Billy Sheen's got to come in and get something out of them. Yeah. And it looked like they'd started the season that way, but that's that's majorly disappointing for them, for, for a proud football county to to go down into the fourth tier now. is That's a big setback for them. Mm. It's a slippery slope, but as you yeah. see with Loud, if you if you can rebuild and get that bit of momentum, you can bounce straight back up. Antrim, obviously, were a team that we had our eye on. Westmead yeah. bet them, but they just didn't do enough to get promoted. Westmead won that game, a late comeback from Westmead. And in Division 4, this was all sewn up on Saturday night. The two 2020 provincial champions, Cavan and Tipperary, both secured their way out of Division 4, a division that was full of chaos this year. Carlo drew at Wexford. Cavan hammered Waterford. It was Waterford's biggest defeat of the, of the year. Tipperary held off London 114 to 12 points. And then on Sunday in a game that ultimately didn't matter, it was Sligo 216, Leitrim 210 to round off the regular season of this year's National Leagues. And just to mention the finals this weekend, all four games are on at different times. At 2.30pm in Crow Park on Saturday, we've got Cavan and Tipperary. At 4.45, it's Loud versus Limerick in the Division 3 final. Sunday, 1.45pm, Roscommon versus Galway. And at 4 o'clock on Sunday, Kerry versus Mayo. So we're going to pick our winners for those games in a, in a wee while. We're going to take a quick break here on the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. And we're going to be back talking Monaghan Dublin in just a sec. You're very welcome back to episode 10 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. There's one place we're going to start our hard analysis this week, and it's the fact that Dublin have been relegated to Division 2. Paddy Andrews, don't cry. Don't worry, I won't. <laughs> It'll be all right. Has this been coming? Um, oh, well, look, I, I think it was an uphill task once after round four. When they lost to Newbridge, it was going to be a massive ask to win all three of their final games against the three Ulster teams. They made a good fist of it. They, there's no doubt there was improvements from where they started the National League, a very dark night against Armagh uh, two months ago. But ultimately, on the face, they played seven games, they've lost five. They can't really have any complaints about being relegated. Nearly like the other team that's gone down with them, Kildare, probably feel a little bit hard done by themselves. Mm. I thought they overall probably had a better campaign and, and left a couple of points behind when you look at Kildare losing to Throne in Oma that day when Throne had the suspensions and, and the game was kind of won for, for, for Kildare. They look back on that and they'll know that. But in Dublin's situation, over the course of the spring, they, they haven't been good enough in the games. They can't really have any complaints. Key, key areas that, like defensively, they've conceded 11 goals in seven games. Yeah. Another three goals yesterday. If you look, contrast that with the team at the top of the table, Darren McCurry's goal yesterday was. Kerry's first goal conceded from play this season through the McGrath Cup in the National League. That's a massive difference. The Paddy Paddy effect. Perhaps, maybe it is, but but from Dublin's perspective, if you concede 11 goals in seven games, they are up against, and every game, two against Armagh, two against Mayo, uh, two against Donegal, they got away with three yesterday. They nearly, nearly scraped away through, but I think defensively they've been far more porous than they would have hoped to have been. Up front, I thought they really struggled through the early starts of the league. We touched on it in previous podcasts. There was no penetration. It was very passive. They were struggling for scores. They were struggling for goals. 
that improved a little bit over the last couple of weeks. There's no doubt about that, but still nowhere near the level and the standards that Dublin would have been used to. So defensively and offensively issues. And the other big thing, and we said this after, I think after the first night in the National League where there was leeway for Desi Farrell because he needed to find players. He needed to use the National League to unearth, give seven, eight, nine guys a run through these games. And if they lost games, that's fine. You would take that on the proviso that you unearthed two or three gems. And then we sit here coming into April and the championship is around the corner and you're looking at that National League and the World Cup campaign. And if you were naming Dublin's 15 players in the championship to start, I don't think there's anyone new. In my opinion, and maybe other people might think differently, but if I'm looking, the 15 guys I would expect to start their first game in the Leinster Championship, there's not anyone that's come out from these games. Lee Gannon, I think, has had a relatively positive league. I think he could see game time, certainly, off the bench. But you're looking at Comerford and Gall, Merchant, Fitzsimons, Davy Byrne, Smalley, Johnny Cooper, James McCarthy, Brian Fenton. It's the same Dave. guys. I haven't yeah. seen anyone put their hand up yet. So, so that's nearly even more of a disappointment for Desi outside of, of losing those five games and being relegated. So a disappointing league and there's going to be some serious soul searching from the players and coaches now over the next couple of weeks going into the championship. Yeah. Of the 32 counties, Wicklow are the only other team to concede 11 goals. No other team conceded more. And the only team that can score less goals in Dublin were Tyrone who scored three. So obviously Division 1, um, it might be a bit more difficult but, to score goals in other divisions. Like, but, Tommy, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and, and I know that there, there's positive, there's been an improvement over the last couple of weeks from from the pretty pretty poor stuff that, that they've gone through in the first three or four rounds of the league with players coming back. Merchant, you can see yesterday, just brings a different dimension, more energy. Costello coming back as well. A lot of people are hanging their hat on Conor Callahan coming back. And without a doubt, he will make a massive impact. But I think that's short-sighted if people think that, that that's got to be the answer to everything. Khan, without a doubt, is a massive influence and, a, and a, one of the best players in the country. And Dublin need him back. But... That's not going to solve all the issues there. There's areas all over the pitch where Dublin are need to improve on and need to improve on really quickly because the championship's in, in yeah. three or four weeks' time. And and defensively, yeah. If you just look at the goals, yeah, like there's three unbelievably avoidable goals all through through the centre channel. We we touched on the teams are targeting the Dublin full back line. We expect that. But McCarron's goal, okay, great finish. If you just look at that clip. They're the only two people in the whole Dublin half, Fitzsimons and McCarran. Yeah. And, and you can say, Fitz, he get, kind of gets knocked to the ground and, and okay, he claims to the referee, he should probably, he knows himself, get up and get on with it. Just play to the whistle, try and put McCarran under pressure. Michael Shields is caught out again. Great finish by McCarran. But you're looking at the cause of that. McInespy gets a ball in the middle of the pitch. It doesn't even need to be a good kick. No. When there's that much space, there's no defensive structure just put it in anyway. Yeah. And there, there's not a lot Fitzsimons can do. He's one of the best defenders and has been over the, over the last decade. But if you're one-on-one in an entire half... Like McCarron's behind them. He, the ball yeah, is it, hanging it's, there. It's like it, yeah. that should not happen. That is... In, it's an impossible task for defenders to shut that down. We touched on it in the Kerry game, Dublin Kerry and Tralee. Same story for Darren Moynihan's goal. They get a sideline and it's kicked in. And... Again, it's Clifford's on his own inside the whole 45. You're like, how, how, where's the defensive structure gone there to allow that to happen? It's not the full-back's fault. They're the, 
they're the result of what's happening out the pitch. And if guys are going man-to-man, which Dublin seems to be doing, yes, that's a brave tactic to use. But there's also a sense where you've got to look at the defensive structure as well as looking after your own duel. And I don't think Dublin have done that well enough. The, the, the stats will show that. Mm. Seeding 11 that, goals. You, you mentioned Armagh, that Armagh game. Like that, that ball in from McInespy was similar to the Grugan ball in Tony Hill mm. in that first night in Armagh. So like... That has been a team to be that good of all time. When yeah. there's that much space, literally just put it in anyway. You know, just dump it in. And that's, it's too easy. That is way, way too easy. Um, yeah. And that's a structural thing. That's like, what's the defensive shape meant to be? Then you look at the other goals. Like Sean Jones going in the first half, it's just way too right down the centre channel. Cooper, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant bit of drive from Sean Jones, but he twists Johnny Cooper inside out. But even if he Too does, where's, where's the support and the defenders? This is happening in the D, in the centre of the goal, where it should be the most populous. And guys are just looking after their own men. And it's too late then. And it's, again, it's, it's far, far too easy. Um, and that's been a symptom through all the games in the National League. They've conceded 11. They probably could have conceded more, for being honest, particularly in, in earlier games. Um, that's an area that needs to be addressed before you even get into X player X or player Y is coming back or or maybe getting a bit sharper up front but that was a real glaring bit yesterday um, those scores conceded Just on that Paddy do you know for McCarron's goal you'd be thinking an excuse for them would be we were chasing the game mm. but having only one at home with the goalie and 13 up the field doesn't contribute to your attack either no. <laughs> Like you definitely don't want that many bodies in your attack because all you're doing is bringing Monaghan men back as well and you're just creating this just ball of players around the area you want to attack so if anything if you're trying to create space up front holding fellas back in position can nearly be an advantage to your attack whereas yeah. they seem to be trampling on each other's space up there but I, I, I don't even think that that's the case I don't even think it was an excuse to say they were chasing the game I, I think from looking at it they've decided we're going to go man to man with our defenders, which is fine. And we're going to follow our, our, our forwards everywhere, which is brave in a way, but you're sacrificing your shape then. Smart forwards and smart teams will manipulate that. And we used to do it a lot in our team where defenders would go man-to-man on us. And ultimately, you just start dragging them out and creating lanes and creating space. And there needs to be a balance. Yes, you want your defenders to win their individual battles. That's a massive part at the, at the top level. But also, everyone has to be aware of the structure of the defence. That you can't just turn around and say, well, I have my man here on the sideline. He's not doing anything. And there's one-on-one inside the entire half inside. That is not good defending. Yeah. yeah but you there can... needs to be a balance. And, and Dublin, from looking yesterday in particular, but throughout the league, that's a consistent team where teams are getting far too easy access into the double full back line with kick passes and if they're going to have any say in the championship that is a key area that needs to be rectified going into Leinster Championship it's very clear yeah it is it's obvious it's obvious in the games the last time Dublin conceded three goals in a competitive game Donegal 2014 there you go James can we talk Monaghan or do you want to have one more word on Dublin before we move on? Just on Dublin's defence. That's just interesting that Paddy picked up on, on the defence leaving it one-on-one because the, I would say the only way you can go man-on-man as a defensive unit is if the opposition has at least four scoring forwards in position up front. 
if they're coming back to field, what's the point in going man for man? You're leaving yourself with absolutely nothing. Fair enough, if they're up front, brilliant. You have some bit of a structure. But just leave them off. Leave them go back down the field and pick them yeah. up. Pick them up when they come past halfway, worst case scenario. But even, even better, 45 or 50 yards out. Do you know? I just think- And that's the interesting thing, Jimmy. It's not. You can't say it's inexperience because like Dublin had experienced players on the pitch. You, you, you would normally, you could use that as an excuse for, for younger teams where they're kind of just, they're getting caught out and, they, and they'll pick that up and they learn. Dublin have Fitzy, Johnny Cooper, James McCarthy. Dublin are experienced. They, they, they know this. So it's, it was just so interesting to see it happening there. And it's a bit of consistent team throughout. Like it, they'd actually improved. I felt in the couple of games um, leading up to yesterday um, with the wins over uh, Tyrone and Donegal, but but that's been a consistent thing over the seven games in the National League. And, and like I say, when you're conceding 11 goals, and what's the worst defensive record along with Wicklow across the four divisions, Tommy, mm. that's before you even get into any other stuff, that has that is something that needs to be shored up big time going into the championship. Because if you're giving teams a head start but conceding two goals, two, three goals a game, it's a massive ass to turn it around. And, and the reality is, against the top teams, you're not you're not going to be able to turn it around. So that's first protocol among a list of things that Dublin are going to have to try and improve over the next couple of weeks. Well, it is the 30th of April. The next time we'll see the Dubs in action. They're playing the winners of Offaly and Wexford in the Leinster quarterfinal. So I don't know whether John Mohan's writing off his ability to upset Dublin already by saying that Offaly are guaranteed to be in the Talchon Cup. Obviously, if Offaly, who are now in Division 3, get to the Leinster final, uh, they will avoid the Talchon Cup and they'll be in the Sam Maguire. But, uh, but yeah, just on Monaghan, James, before we move on to Clarny, because I want to get you on Clarny. What a decade of football they've had. 2013, they win Division 3. They win the Ulster title the same year. 2014, they win Division 2. 2015, they get the Division 1 semis and they win Ulster. 2016, they're sixth in Division 1. Fourth the following year. Third the following year. Sixth the following year. Sixth the following year. Last year, Division 1 relegation playoff. And this year, they stay up. So it's injury time. In injury time in three years in a row, Monaghan have saved themselves. The ultimate clutch county. Get them out of Clonus, is what I say. They are unbelievable when it comes to Clonus. What a county. The resources that they have at their disposal, the size of the county, they've been punching above their weight for quite a while. So... um well, I yeah. think that they had, um, like they had a couple of All Ireland finals within their reach as well. Yeah, they really, did. The they really did. The tackle, the oh, McManus, the begging, begging at a late shot against Tyrone that he probably should have passed, and he had never scored at that stage for Monaghan, mm. and he decided to take on that shot. Um, when were they one down or level at that time? I can't remember, but I know Was that Tyrone the best in both times. Yeah. Yeah, they lost back, to Kerry in a couple of very tight games in quarterfinals. That's great seven. Guys. You're thinking of back in the Rory Woods days, Tommy Freeman. Paul Finley, yeah. Tommy yeah. Freeman. Yeah. They had a great team that time as well. That was Banty's first run, wasn't it? Back then, yeah. Was McManus first run, was wasn't. staring wing back actually those times. Yeah, yeah. He, he tagged out wing back on Dunica Walsh a couple of times. Yeah, but Monaghan, in fairness, to them they always they always come up in those in those late late days. Yeah. And when you have a kicker like McCarran, it does give you a chance. Because all you need is a free that's any bit kickable and him or McManus. Do you know what I loved about that, over there. You know what I loved about that? It's the last minute. Over, I didn't think about it. It wasn't even that, James. He actually, you can hear him ask Gwaelga going to Rory Began, fun so are you? I'm only joking, just in TG Carr, you could hear it. But like, <laughs> you know, he tells Began to stay at home. And like, 
And maybe if it's another five yards back, you're giving it to, mm. to Began, even though he had the distance. But like, just had that composure in that moment. Mm. He's obviously been building himself to take these frees. It's, it's and really, it's just on the pitch as well. The carbon copy last year, Tommy, against Galway. Mm, save, that was some play save, as well, save, yeah. Save yeah. It's like, last kick of the game to, to save them. Um, he sold a dummy oh, that day too, Paddy, didn't he? Just before the shot. He did, he did. And, and the but, eyes. Yeah. Be fair, mm. to, fair to Mana, we, we touched, and it's so interesting, like they were diabolical seven days ago in Newbridge and they're absolutely blown out the gate. Yeah. The week before, they were full value for a win against Donegal and Bally Buffet. So they, they've been just a hit and miss. But when you get to McClone, it's your right. They're, they're such a hard team to play against. They, they yeah. give you nothing. They're smart. They've miles on the clock. They're an experienced team. That's, that's the thing. And like You're seeing boys like Carl O'Connell, Fintan yeah. Kelly, the same boys. Drew Wiley was back for the first time in a while, right? <laughs> yeah, You've got the yeah. two Hughes brothers, right? And then, like we've been saying, McManus needs players to come with him up front. So McCarron is coming along. McCarthy's coming along. And now some of the young kids, Banty has really given time to. Michal Bannigan's had a great league campaign. Very good. Um, Sean Jones got the goal yesterday. But what about Gary Moen and his mullet? There's something about this fella. Like, he's a wrecking ball. He's a gangly yeah. wrecking ball. He's just like he gets a pause on that kick out to eventually knock him down uh, before the free. I think Fenton's going for it and he just throws himself into the huddle, gets, yeah. a, gets a pawn it. So he's a handful, isn't he? Real he's, a foil, he's a foil for McCarron and yeah. Manus, isn't he? You would have had it, Jimmy, obviously, with, Don- with Donahue inside that he'll draw, he will draw attention from defenders. He's not as silky as the two boys, obviously, he's not a sharpshooter, but. He will cause havoc in there. And you could see yeah. it like that last play, he wins the free, you know? Yeah, so true. Right, let's go down to Sonny Clarney. James, Sarah Donovan, she's currently coaching with the Dublin Camogie side, tweeted that Darren McCurry was worth the entrance fee alone down there in Clarney this weekend in Fisher Stadium. Talk to us about the Dazzler. He was head and shoulders above everyone. And I, I actually... Don't know how many possessions he got, but every time he got it, something happened. And it was interesting. I don't think he ran three kilometers. Like he <laughs> stayed right in next to the goal, right in the sweet spot of the, of the game and just waited and waited and waited patiently and saved his possessions and just did the business when he got it, which wasn't that often. But every time he got it, he was so sharp. And it, it probably is. The turn in him could be even the weather. I mean, it was top of the ground <laughs> stuff. There wasn't a wind blowing or a gale blowing. There wasn't Hail Mary balls going in. It was nice measured ball in front of him. One hop. He was out in front, sharp hands, and he got shots off over the shoulder. He got him off where mm-hmm. he bought himself a bit of time. He just put on an exhibition. And the thing is, something happened right that game where Kerry had... They have the best man marker probably in the country for marking that size player. So Tom Sullivan will be small, strong, fast. So A great job on him last August. Usually yeah. marked the McCurry type player. But Jack put Tom on Canavan, who, who has a similar build, to be fair. Um, and they put Dylan Casey on McCurry. So you can think of it, was... Dylan Casey being tested in a big game on someone like McCurry or did Jack decide last couple of weeks, Canavan seems to be number one for Tyrone at the moment. We'll put Tom Sullivan on him, but whichever it was, it didn't pay off for Kerry because in fairness to Dylan Casey, 
he tried his best, but he hasn't had probably that much experience marking that quality of player just yet. And McCurry made hay while he could. And um, Tom, in fairness, beat Canavan, I thought, pretty comfortably. Canavan didn't get too much, too many balls, but McCurry he, did all the damage. He won that mark. What a goal. Yeah. yeah. Straight after the penalty, Morgan puts the ball down. Straight after the penalty, the crowd was still humming. And next thing, Morgan just launches one. I think it went over Kilpatrick and Canavan just catches it in his tummy. He didn't even jump. It wasn't. Yeah. It just kind of landed on him. Yeah, and he, but what was clever was he looked straight in. They've done that. Like they have practiced that. They have done short kick or short kick or short kick out, bomb it long, straight inside. So they've done a lot of work on it, like the All-Ireland Final last year. So as soon as Canavan had it, he was looking for McCurry. McCurry just read, read it better. Uh, caught inside, went straight for the jugular and the finish. He kind of did a punt, a punt slash outside the left finish into the stanchion. Oh my God. I was in the middle of the Kerry crowd and Kerry had nothing to play for so it wasn't, it wasn't you know, the hammer blow but I was applauding it. it that was, was probably the loudest you were all day, was it? <laughs> no, I, honestly. McCurry, That'd be great content day, for the pod. All day. <laughs> as soon as McCurry got the ball and he did something, I was like, McCurry's on it. Next thing he'd do it again. I said, McCurry's yeah. flying. Another one, another one. Everything was just so class. But you said it to me. You said it to me earlier. 15 possessions, you reckoned. That's not scientific, but you reckoned 15 possessions and he scored 1-7. One 1-7. Seven. One seven. One two from play. A mark, which you could say... Yeah. Is from play because he wins it himself, and a, and a couple of very tough frees as well. Yeah, just like look, just because if we we've been saying it, and, and the conditions over the last two or three months, or the last two months, and actually don't really suit a player like McCurry, and he no. wasn't shooting the lights out in the earlier games. The Toronto were probably struggling as well, but conditions were heavy going as well. That's probably the first. You know, he gets a brilliant goal uh, a couple of weeks ago against Kildare and helps turn the tide in that one, but. That's summer football yesterday. And you can see straight away, he's... You're right, you can tell in the first couple of balls if a lad is on it or not. And you can see he was. Like the Dylan Casey thing, like Jimmy's probably right. Like, if that's a championship game, if that's in Crow Park in the summer, Thomas Sullivan is picking up McCurry. Don't think there's any way, two ways about that. So Jack was probably having a look there and probably didn't work out as he'd have hoped. But... Um, but the interesting thing with Tyrone, similar to Monaghan, they've been kind of hit and miss throughout this National League. But there's no two ways of it. They've four key players that make Tyrone tick. McCurry, McGeary, Myler, and Peter Hart. Mm. Those four guys, when they play well, Tyrone are one of the top teams in the country. They're unbelievably important. And they're, when they're in form. And likewise, all Tyrone's poorest performances throughout the National League those guys have been slot Myler and McGeary reached unbelievable heights last year in the championship to help throw on it. They'd been very, very slow to get going in the league. But once they click into gear, those transition players for Tyrone, Tyrone are a completely different animal. Yeah. And it's no, no surprise you could see those guys were the key players yesterday and yeah. they get the result down at Clarny. I'd argue as well that those two boys you picked out, Myler and McGeary, they're at their best when they're given a very detailed job to, mm. to execute. Uh, just final one on McCurry. He did a brilliant interview last week um, with Thomas Niblock on the GA Social Podcast. He mentioned that if Mickey Hart had been there the following year, he wouldn't have gone back. He wouldn't have been playing with Tyrone last year when they won the All-Ireland. Um, some interesting quotes there. But the most interesting part that I felt he said was, forwards need confidence. It's one of the biggest attributes you have. Without confidence, you will not take on the shot. 
tried a dummy. For a forward, without that, you are an average player. It was definitely tough when he felt he didn't have the back and he, he felt like he, Mickey Hart wasn't talking to him enough. He felt like when things weren't going right for him, he was maybe being whipped off, but he wasn't told why. Um, I know when I'm playing well and when I am not. It kind of feels like Logan and Dewar have allowed McCurry find his form again this league campaign. They've left him on. They haven't taken him off. He's done his business in every game. He's done a little bit here and there. And now he seems to be raring to go ahead of championship. I think they, they just showed, showed him a bit of love. And yeah. uh, like we said earlier, the kind of goalies are a different kind of um, mentality. Corner forwards are probably the same. Mm. Like you're kind of relying on them to, to come up with those clutch moments and, and do it at the important times. And if there's any bit of doubt, mm. a fella might just say, you know, I might leave it to someone else. But McCurry doesn't seem like, you see, when his mentality is right, He's just different gravy. But yeah. I will say a shout out to, to Peter Hart as well, who I thought was really, really good. Like for Tyrone, now, to be fair, the atmosphere around the stadium, right? It, there was a nice atmosphere. Do you know, I think that it wasn't like a, a championship bloodbath kind of um, crowd at it. Um, and I think the Tyrone have another couple of gears to go as well. I don't think they really turned up for, for playing an absolute do or die match. I think that they have two gears left in them which was interesting as well. But Hart turned up and really dragged the boys through with Kilpatrick. Really? And if you ever notice, in the, in the big moments, Kilpatrick is always there as well. He always wins a big possession or he always makes a big tackle mm. or he shows up in the six-yard box, in the opposition six-yard box for a goal chance. He seems to be just tipping around those big moments of games and it, he's a really valuable player for them. He, he's very developed, valuable. hasn't he? Like, from coming yeah. in last year kind of nearly his breakout year and all through this National League. We're saying like some of Tyrone's more established players have kind of been a bit hit and miss through the National League. I think Kilpatrick is a massively influential player for Toronto. He is a, a major find for them and he's developed his game into one of the top midfielders in the country. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you're thinking back last year's All-Ireland final, Port Hall Andy Moore and saying mm. Toronto got a struggle around the middle and the boys answered it there but Kilpatrick, that's what happens if you win an All-Ireland. Honestly, like that your top number Curry has confidence, but all of those players, it just, it's like oh, we've reached the pinnacle of the game. I can do, you nearly prove to yourself you can do it. And yeah. you can see the confidence in his game. Um, he, he's a massive player for, for Tyrone in all aspects. So you're right, James. He, he pops up on the end of things in the square. He's winning kickouts. He's a, he's a key target for, for, for Morgan on kickouts. Yeah. And, and he's a major fire for Toronto over the last 18 months. He's developed into one of the, not just their, their most important players, but one of the best midfielders in the country. James Kerry didn't need to win that game, but they put out a relatively strong team. Interesting yeah. to see that Gavin White got minutes again. Um, I think Jack has a decision to make in goals. He's kind of flip-flop between Shane Ryan and Shane Murphy. I'll be honest, can't really tell the difference between the two of them. Um, <laughs> they are so <laughs> different. the same name as well. <laughs> it's just the name. It's the it's name that gets me. It's just well, I, think that, yeah. I think that there's been an issue made of the goalping, goalkeeping situation because not many teams rotate goalies. Mm. And there is a debate to be had. Who is benefiting from rotating a goalie? Definitely not the two goalies. No. <laughs> so therefore, your team aren't. So either he's not sure or he's rotating. But either way, I think he needs to pick one for the league final and that's, and that's it. You've got to stick with him because that, that man needs the confidence. He needs to be, I'm Kerry's goalie and they're backing me. Mm. Just like with McCurry. They need that backing. 
a goalie's a lonely spot. Do you know? It's, a, it's a, you know, you're on it's, your own. It's, there. it's so pivotal in we're talking about modern Gaelic football. It is massive. Not it's not just the old school. I was a good shot stopper. Kickouts are one of the most important plays in, in modern Gaelic football. And if you have a guy, you look at the the, the best teams like Began Morgan. We had it with, with Cluxton. It's just a total confidence for the whole team. Everyone knows what he's going to do. The midfielders know it. It's, it's a set play for an attack. Yeah. Uh, cornerbacks, halfbacks, everyone knows where they need to be. If you're changing a goalkeeper every week, you're right. It, there's no way the goalkeepers benefit, fit, benefit from it. They're kind of thinking, if I make one mistake here, I'm gone. But the, they've such an influence on other players around the pitch and they can't get used to their habits. So... You're right, he's kind of used the National League to, to go between boats. I always personally thought Shane Ryan was was probably slightly better on the kick-out front, but look, I, I think you're right. He'll make a call now on Sunday for, for the league final against Mayo and, and that will, you would imagine would have to be the guy going into the Munster Championship. That, that will be interesting. And that is a game we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. We're going to come back to it briefly. A bit of news... Not really breaking it. The Southern Star and the Examiner have both reported it already this week. We haven't got full confirmation from the Munster Council, but it looks like May the 7th, Kerry Cork is going to be moved to Killarney. So poor Cork are going to lose home advantage because there's work being done on Parky Rin and seemingly the playing surface in Parky Cueve won't be ready after the Ed Sheeran concerts in April. So 1995, the Munster final, 1995 was the last time Cork bet Kerry in Killarney. So what they looked like a difficult park in, in, they won't be carry they won't be carry anyway but why they, actually they were saying they were going to put this in Parky Arena yeah that was the plan what the, you could Parky Arena only only eleven thousand eleven thousand yeah oh, tough we were we saying about Antrim Cavan there a couple of weeks ago Antrim getting home advantage in Corrigan Park you should get your no, home advantage no 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 that's fine until they put Ed Sheeran on. That was like you can't put Ed Sheeran on ahead of 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 a GA match if it's mm. a GA stadium. Yeah, it's a head scratcher that one. I I think that it was wrong. Like the the main match in the football calendar for Cork is Kerry, and they goes Nah, Ed. I have a feeling. I have a feeling the hurling the hurling's been affected. Ed's as got well. some great new tunes out there. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, but yeah, bring it to Clarny. That'll be a good day out, guys. Tickets for that one, Tommy. We'll go down and do that live. Yeah, I'd love to. Saturday evening in Killarney be lovely now, yeah, mate. They're yeah. not going to, like, look, Cork did well to turn it around and win the two, but basically must-win games over the last couple of games against Down and Offaly. They are not going to be Kerry. But lads, they had absolutely no chance in October, November 2020. I am going to go on record here. Kerry got to win that game and win it well. James, are you not on the panel that day? No, Hammer. <laughs> Do you know what? I it was it was a shock result, but it was one of those where if you were ever going to get caught, it was going to be that day. The weather, the the kind of build up was so Corker poor, Carrier brilliant, and it, it just it didn't match up. Do you know, it was just psychologically. I think Kerry took the eye off the ball there, which was a learning curve. Okay. I don't think it'll happen again. But if it's hope, in Killarney, there is absolutely... Let's hope it's a sunny day in Killarney, so. <laughs> on May 7th. Well, um, that was, um, that was Mark, Mark Keane got the goal, didn't he? Mark Keane yeah. nudged, nudged Tommy Walsh off the, at the back post. It was uh, Luke Connolly who took that wild shot 
that yeah. dropped to the back post. Yeah, so that's a, a Dublin favourite. All those those shots gone short for for goals. Manny yeah. enjoyed an old flicking. Oh, he loved that. Rogan enjoyed a flicking. He did, he did, he did. Mannion did like a full extension whenever he did it. Like his whole body just extended. That was 13, he, he got one, yeah. It was like a yeah. tennis serve. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we're going to touch on Mayo in a couple of minutes when we get to the league final. Uh, as you mentioned earlier on, both Loud and Limerick are promoted. It is worth noting, Paddy, that I think it's the first time since the 70s, I think I read, that there's no Leinster team in Division 1 next year. Like that is... Unbelievable, isn't it? Not a good sign for the, for the province. No, it's not. That's been coming. It has. Like, this is kind of the result again of what's kind of going on. Mead had a period where they're in Division 1 and they seem to be making progress. And that's, look at him, it's stalled most certainly after losing that game in Newbridge last year. Um, they're down there. Kildare, like I said, I think are probably the most hard done by. I think mm. they've, they've been impressive at times throughout the league. They could have nicked the first game against Kerry in. in in Newbridge on, on the opening weekend of the league, they definitely will regret not winning up in home at that time. And then Dublin were kind of flying the flag and they've obviously, without a doubt, come back from, from the, the lofty peaks over the last number of years as well. But yeah. for Leinster to not have any team in Division 1, Leash relegated as well, awfully relegated. Louder, the only team going in the right direction. I know. <laughs> Under Mickey Hart. But uh, it is incredible. It is, but it has been coming. It has been coming in the province. There's no two ways about it. I'll be honest. I didn't go back and count up our predictions last week. So apologies for not doing my homework. That's all right. But I would like to get your thoughts (laughs) on what way you think this would get. We did call awfully, awfully, awfully. Like we did call awfully, awfully, awfully. We're very close with that one. Cork pulled it out of the bag, James. Like Stephen Sherlock. I know we're saying they have no hope against Kerry, but that was a massive result. You saw the celebrations after the game for Keith Rick inside. That was huge for them to pull that out of the bag. A game like that could do a lot for football in the county. Like, like imagine they went down. The 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 apathy that might set in around football once more. Like they've had that little buzz with the under twenties winning the All Ireland. Carl O'Mahony scored a brilliant dirty goal. We're starting to see glimpses from him. Sherlock has come true. Um, what did you make of the Cork Offaly game, James? Isn't that what you, you'd said? First, I'm looking at Cork, what they needed. They didn't have anyone to support Brian Hurley. Yeah. But they were going to struggle for scores. And Sherlock has been mm. a revelation over the last number of weeks. And then Carl O'Mahony as well coming into it. Um, they're the pluses for them. But in saying that they've scraped to stay in Division 2. That's, yeah. Is that Cork's level? It, it was important that they did it. But that's... Some of the scores me. Some of the scores in that game were sensational. Keane Kiley scored one off his left foot. I think the equaliser. Matty Taylor, um, who we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, was the man behind Shane Walsh in that huge run for that unbelievable Walsh goal. He scored a savage point off his left foot. Niall McNamee kicked seven points for Offaly. Hurley again kicked a couple of points. Um, yeah, like Jesus. like that was, that was a massive result in drama right the way through it. We spoke about the controversies earlier on. So, but you know what, Tommy, about that? What was good was that Cork got such a... Um, a high off winning it. If they had just kind of gone, oh yeah, we stayed up, I'd have been even more worried about them. Do you know, the fact that they actually showed a bit of passion and pride that they actually achieved something this year and psychologically they can take that onto the championship. Whereas if they, if they just kind of said, oh yeah, we won, I would, I would say their mentality was, was <laughs> all over the place and it needed some serious changing, but they showed a bit of unity, showed that they're fighting for something. And a couple of forwards, the catch fire, can give you a chance. Kicking points, papers over every single crack in your team. If like, if you can kick enough points 
from from those angles, like the, the ones that Sherlock is swinging over at the moment, yeah. like they're not they're not hundred percenters by any means. You know, they're kind of just on the range. Hardly has a couple of bombs in them. If they can get their scores up, it papers over a lot of problems. Yeah, Paddy, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Stephen Sherlock reminds me of Andy Moran. Socks up uh, the way he strikes the ball, not the quickest, but supremely accurate. Uh, he just has a bang Andy Moran often. So have a have a look at him the next time. Let's just get your thoughts on the Division Three and Four League Finals this weekend. Loud are eight to eleven on to beat Limerick this weekend. Do you see that going any other way? Division Three, they have been flying. I would back loud on that one, yeah. It's brilliant for Limerick to kind of come out of the pack. It was it was very tight, like Division 4. Those two divisions, it was, you know, coming up, coming to the final couple of games, there was three or four teams, you're thinking, like Antrim were in the mix. Westmead made a late charge on them as well. But, but for Limerick to get promoted, I think is massive for them. But mm-hmm. I think consistently over the, over the league, you would expect loud, who have just have massive momentum since Mickey Hart has come in, to be fair. What a job he's done. I'd fancy them to to win that one. Yeah, like Limerick had tapered off a wee bit. They had two defeats, I think, to Loud and Westmead halfway through the league and then they pulled it out of the bag against Leash who got relegated. Um, obviously, it was a massive win. Like Paul Connerk has a big hand in the background with the Limerick Footballing Academy. Seemingly, there is a big generation of Limerick footballers coming to the fore over the next couple of years. So they're going to be very interesting to watch over the next little while. It's a long while since they were, uh, what was it, 2003, 2004 Munster final where Darrow Shea is saving Kerry, catching that 45 under the bar. Josh Ryan, Gaelic Grounds. Josh Ryan shot the lights out. 1-6 for Limerick this week and Hubert kicked four points. So Loud will have to keep them quiet this weekend in Crow Park. That's going to be an interesting game to watch. Cavan Tipperary. Cavan are heavy favourites. Tip weren't looking good early on in their Division 4 campaign. It looked like they were in a bit of bother. Um, it looked like Sligo or Leitrim might catch them or even London. But in fairness to them, they turned it around. They're missing a couple of big players at the minute. No Michael Quinlevin. Um, but they got the job done against London in that last game. Um, Division 4 was funny. Like, if you look, I think we all said, previewing the league, if you look back, that Cavan and Tipperary are going to come out of that division. Should mm. be straightforward enough. That's what's ultimately has happened. But there's that does not tell the full story there. Both of those teams probably struggled at times and found it trickier than they would have hoped to get through. And you're right, Andy doing a massive job with Leitrim and Tony McIntyre with Sligo as well. London obviously getting three wins on the board as well. It, it looked like there was a fairy tale coming there. But ultimately, I think that just a little bit of experience has got those two teams. But they realistically, they shouldn't really be in Division 4, but they've got out of it in the end. And it'd be interesting to see that game uh, on Saturday evening. Like I said, two provincial champions from just two years ago battling out Division 4. It's a unique situation they were in. Like they managed to get out of it in the end. Yeah, I think it's interesting the Cavan are such heavy favourites, but um, they have been playing quite well. Paddy Lynch, Patrick Lynch is the fellow we're keeping an eye on in Crow Park this weekend. He's been very impressive for Cavan, a young forward, and Garrow McKeon is still shooting the lights out too. Did Cavan have three relegations on the on the spin? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was mental. Oh, oh, like it was Wicklow. Yeah, Wicklow bet them in Navan last year in the in the playoff, in the relegation playoff. Like, yeah. Crazy. Like they were a strong, strong division one team for a while. Yeah. <laughs> horrible draw Cavan away. Yeah. Um, but I, I nearly fancy tipping Crow Park there to, yeah, to stir stir up a bit of trouble there for Kevin. Yeah, tip. I think the tip have some nice forwards there. They'll they'll probably score heavily. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep the boys out at the back. A monster double on Saturday is nearly eight to one. Not that I'm encouraging that. Um, in Division Two, Galway was common. 
Right, so Galway favourites. Galway were flying. They put out a, a shattered team, we'll say, at the weekend. I highly doubt Porrick Joyce is just going to, like, he's hardly going to worry about Mayo that much that he's not going to show his hand this weekend. Like, he's going to put out a strong team this week. Just before I ask you for your thoughts on it, we've had correspondence from a common man. Jerry Keegan on Twitter. Tommy, surely we'll have to discuss the Rossies next week, in particular if we get to the Division 2 final. All we've got from you this season is Paddy saying we're a soft touch for the dubs. <laughs> I then reminded Jerry that Paddy actually called Roscommon the West Brom of Gaelic football up and down yeah. every year. Look at the tables. We're still unbeaten. And if we beat Galway, we will top Division 2. Endes Smith is arguably the most underrated footballer in the country. Jerry. Now, Jerry, you're right. Roscommon are the only unbeaten team throughout all 32 teams in the league. You can see it on the GA League t- tables, the Twitter account. They've got the all 32 laid out and Roscommon with their two draws are the only team with no defeat. And just before I get you on, on Roscommon here, James Connor also got in touch on Instagram. Roscommon back in Division 1 next season. It's obvious that they're too good for Division 2 and not quite good enough for Division 1. They have plenty of fine, talented footballers. Is it too simplistic to say that they lack a bit of bite or a mastery of the so-called dark arts? Is this something that can be coached for them? I remember Colin O'Rourke saying many years ago that the Rossies are a group of lads you'd love to see your daughter bring home. What does Roscommon need to do to be more competitive in Division 1? He's just answered the previous tweet. Do we just leave it at that? <laughs> You'd be no, very look. worried if she brought home a group of lads. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few of those Rossies lads. I wouldn't be getting my daughter to bring home them, no. <laughs> Football-wise, Roscommon, what, what do you, what do you, have you seen anything different over the last seven or eight weeks? Well, I think Anthony Cunningham is an experienced coach. Yeah. And a lot of those Roscommon players have been around the block for the last seven, eight years. They do have, st- never in question, they have lovely forwards. Smiths, Murtas, these guys, they can score. But I never get the sense in a, in a tough game that the Rossies are going to dog it out. They've done it in the corner finals. They turn it a corner, maybe they are. I would reserve judgment on that. The way the season's gone for them now, they're into Division 1, but they're also on the good side of the Connacht Championship draw as well. So, yeah. they'll go in and give full whack on, on Sunday. I 100% think power Joyce will as well. Like they're not playing Mayo for three weeks and showing their hand. Mayo, or Mayo and Galway know each other. Mm. You know what Galway are going to do. You know their key players. You're not really showing your hand. So, I, I expect that to be I expect Galway to win that. I think they've been the best team in Division 2. If you look at the Rossies, that last play against Derry in Hyde Park is mm. ultimately what's probably cost. Is that Derry. not Dark Arts? Is that not Dark Arts? Is that not a bit of mastery? Oh, that's a terrible refereeing. Mm. That's terrible, terrible refereeing. Because Shane McGuigan, no, I know he missed the penalty yesterday in Navin, but that referee makes it the correct call there and Derry probably win that game and it's Derry who are up. But Roscommon, they have been impressive. They, we kind of tipped them that they get out of Division 2, but I haven't seen anything yet that would suggest that they're ready to take the next step. Like someone like Amanahan, that type of, type of team where they win a game like that, where they just know they, they know a way to get over the line. Um, but I expect that to be a good game. Two, two good teams to watch. Like I said, there's plenty of good footballers on show. That's never an issue with Ross Common and Galway. But I think Galway have been the most impressive. They steamrolled Division 2, really. They were mm. to kind of throw the game at the, at the weekend, but I expect a, a full team from, from Park Joyce there and set them into the Mayo game in three weeks' time, full of confidence. Yeah. Like, do, you see, do you see, Tommy, that Derry, 
Derry were fourth on that list of teams in the country. Like they were unlucky, very were. unlucky not to go up. Like yeah. they're they're only behind Galway, Kevin, and Roscommon. Yeah. Very unlucky. They could have easily gone up. But I think uh, do Galway have Shane Walsh this weekend? Yeah. They didn't have him the last two weeks. I feel like yeah, I I I think so. I think he gives, them, he gives them to something different. Yeah. He's without best. him without him, you know, you'd nearly fancy Ross Common nearly to <clears throat> to give him a good rattle, but with Shane Walsh, you think that Galway left too much? Like you have to have somebody to do a job on Shane Watch. So one of your best defenders, or you yeah. have to have a little system around Shane Watch. Um, like in saying that, lads, Roscommon have never ever been fancied in any of their Connick title campaigns. Like they won one in 2019, won one back in 2017. So they have dogged out results there. They, neither of those games were like the bet the big two, I think, in, in both of those years. Uh, the bet Mayo, the bet Galway in both of those years to win Connick like, So, But the way it falls from this year, like the Galway play Mayo and what- one of the big teams is going to be taken out there and the Rossies just have to beat one of them. Yes. Um, yeah. And in fairness, Anthony Cunningham, he completely freshened up his backroom team this year. He brought in Noel Dunning, former London manager, Derek Duggan, one of the most common greats from the 90s, Luke Bree, who you might know from DCU, Paddy, I don't know if no, you know yeah. Vincent's and, and a Sligo man, oh, Peter Tormey from Westmead. So he completely freshened up his backroom team. So, I don't know, maybe maybe there is something different about Roscommon and we just haven't seen it yet. So that'll be one we're keeping an eye on at the weekend. Okay. And then the big game, Kerry, that's going to be a good game, yeah. The big game, Kerry Mayo. What way are we leaning? Kerry, in my eyes, Kerry are the standout team so far this year. They are the favourites for the All-Ireland. If you can have a favourite. Jimmy, what do you think? Kerry the best team so far today? I think the Kerry, to be fair, have been probably the best team. Mm. but that said they got a nice kick up the backside against Tyrone which they probably needed um, a nice few questions for Jack to answer this week and Mayo will throw a lot more questions so I think that probably over this eight or nine days Kerry will get more answers than they have over the last seven or eight weeks Do you know over losing to Tyrone and then league finally against Mayo two invaluable games for him uh, but I think Kerry need to win. I think there's a bit of pressure on Kerry. Uh, after losing to Tyrone, they won't want to lose two on the trot, especially to those two, because it's probably Kerry, Tyrone, Mayo, your three favourites for the All-Ireland, you know? The dubs are still 3-1 for the All-Ireland. Just Would you still have Tyrone as, for the Ulster Championship, would you have Tyrone as favourites for the Ulster Championship? It's wide. I'd nearly it's, it's give them a better chance of winning the All-Ireland. What? You know, you give them the same chance of winning the All Ireland as you would win Ulster. Yeah, like they could come through the qualifiers, and it would it would get them into tip top shape. You just wouldn't know how they come at it. But I would. I think that they've they've turned the corner. I think they're they're looking good again. Toronto and Ulster action on the sixteenth of April. Yeah, like it's so close. Um, for Mana, isn't it? For Mana, then the winners of Toronto for Mana played Derry. The winners of that game play the winners of Monaghan down in the Ulster semi-final. So that's the side of the draw that they're on. On the other side of the draw, you have Antrim Cavan and Donegal Armagh. So... Um, it's going to be lads, isn't it? It's going to be class. So, that is like, like, realistically, you're probably thinking seven teams, six, seven teams could win the Ulster championship. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be so much sorted or, or laid out for us by the 1st of May when I think all of the quarterfinals will have been played. Dubs yeah. will be in the Talton Cup, will they? No, not this year, Paddy. You can't go, down. <laughs> you can't go that far this year. Don't worry. Um, well, you mentioned for, for, for Sunday, you reckon, do you reckon Kerry will win this game? 
I have a sneaky feeling for Mayo. If Mayo go, oh, for I think it, it's very 50 50. I like Mayo this year, lads. I have to say, I didn't think I'd ever say it, but yeah, still, it's nearly Dublin waiting on Conor Callahan and the difference he can make. Mayo with Killian O'Connor coming back. Now, I know it's hard to know when he'll be back. So hard to know. Kind of, kind of shape he'll be in. They've lost Tommy Conroy as well. Like Ryan O'Donoghue is very similar to what I feel what McCurry's done. He's had a brilliant year under his belt and you can just see he's nearly, he knows he belongs now. He's so confident. He's leading the Mayo attack. And you're thinking, imagine Conroy just unfortunate with the injury. Jason Doherty's back. Killing O'Connor is the comeback. They still need somebody with O'Donoghue. Like, and, and oh, I, I, I think they to win, they I, do, I, yeah. to win the All-Ireland, they're going to need Killing O'Connor to come back. Jason Doherty, like you say, is like a, a new player for them. But yeah. They'll need Killian coming back and, and reaching even close to the levels he can get to. And then they are right in the mix. I think they've as good a chance this year of winning the whole thing as they have in any any other year over the last decade when they've come very close as well. But I I hope they could go and put the full team. You never you never know what they have in the National League. I know Jimmy you were slating them last week. But I, I would imagine they'll put out the full team and, and go to take carry on on Sunday because I, I would say I think they're the two best teams in the country at the minute. Yeah. I have to I put them above Tyrone, above Dublin, obviously, throughout what's happened in the spring. And it would be it's brilliant to see if both teams go hell for leather and Croker, big crowd, good weather. I think it sets us up very nicely for the championship. Do you know what's yeah. going to be interesting? This is possibly the All Ireland final as well, isn't it? The way the way it pans out. That if both teams win their provinces, they'll avoid each other in the semi. And meet in the I, final. Th- I think Galway give Mayo a rattle though in the Connacht Championship as well. I they agree. will, 100%. They will, but so they could play three times, right? They've played already in Tralee. They have this game. So this is the one where you learn everything for a possible All Ireland final. So we spoke about what Mayo were going to do with Clifford. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to put Oshie Mullen back there? Or are they going to do more of a team defense? But like do, you Tyrone, save it? do you save that move? No, you can't. You can't because it might not work then. Okay. So you have to see, does it work? It's like um, you're getting a free go of testing it out here. You are. And what do, what do Kerry do with Rouen, who was outstanding in Tralee? You have to put someone on him. Are they yeah. going to draft this Jack guy? Barry or Dermot O'Connor? Yeah, someone's going to have to look after Rouen because Rouen is so dangerous attacking. He just has to be looked after. Yeah. Um, How about Sullivan and Ryan and him? Yeah. That'd be a good battle. It will. Keegan, who does Keegan go on? We've, we've a question in on... Jason Foley, he's in the team of the week this week. He had a good performance on McShane in Killarney. Mm. He's playing yeah, well. he was. He was brilliant. In fairness to Jason, he's gotten better and better and better every year for the last four years. And, and he's is that, that football-wise or is it physicality? or Physicality as well, as football, definitely. Um, he kind of came in first. He was, he kind of hadn't filled out yet, but he's put in a lot of work. He's physically a specimen. We spoke before. He's a he's a two hundred meter runner. He's an athlete. Like you don't beat him out. You do not. You, <laughs> you do not beat him out to the ball. If if, if the ball's kicked in fifty fifty in front of you, he'll get a hand in. And he seems to be dealing well now with the higher ones. He did well on Reno Neal. To be fair, McShane, I, he didn't Shane get any, he didn't get any change out of out of Jason the last day. So. McShane needs a couple of weeks as well just to sharpen up and get get his his best form back because Tyrone will need him. He's still an outrageous player, but he just yeah. needs to sharpen maybe a tiny bit. Who would have marked you usually in A versus B games and carry training? I know well, it obviously changed over the years. Who? 
Tom Sullivan, probably the last oh. year or two. Um, he was he was right up there in fairness with the rest of them. Do you know, with you the know Riggett said around one Sullivan. of the weaker lads, no? <laughs> I, so, and who would have marked you I'll around? Centre forward, sir, please. <laughs> who would, yeah, who would have marked you around 13, 14? Uh, Mark Shea, um, Shane Enright. And like, where was, when Tom Sullivan was breaking through in the last three or four years, where was he sitting in comparison to those boys? Marking for me, right up there. Do you know, because Tom has the, the speed and the and similar kind of size. But you can only put Tom on a certain, probably, type of player. And you can put Jason on a different type of player. That's why the Dan Donahue move this year for Kerry was interesting because he's kind of an in-between the two mm, in terms of physicality. Yeah, so, yeah, he's been missing for a while. He might come back for the league final. But yeah, he's right up there. Shane Enright was a bit like, like Dan Donahue. He was probably 5'11", kind of stocky, strong, but quick. So he, yes. was, he was a brilliant player as well. And Mark Shea was just a reader of the game where he'd mark you from the front. And unless it was a worldly of a pass, yeah. you weren't getting many balls. Like. Except for Brogan used to have outrageous balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd be, they'd be, who could sell the more dummies, the most dummies in the game? Um, so that's interesting. So, Paddy, what way are you calling that, Kerry Mayo? Probably uh, like, like, like Mayo, what Mayo won't, they won't take any risks with any parts. They're out in three weeks against Galway. So, that's no, what I, I could see. If anyone has a semblance of a knock, they're not going to be risked. So, so Dermot O'Connor is probably not going to play. Killian O'Connor is not going to be back. I think Kerry have probably been the most consistent team over the National League. And for that, I think they'll probably nick it. But I, I, I think it's going to be very close. The only thing, I'm just hoping James Horan puts out the best team he can. I, yeah, I don't expect Dermot O'Connor to be playing, but, but everyone else I would expect to be in the mix. Does he Evie, know his best team? Yeah, Evie on Instagram wants to know, do you think Aidan O'Shea will start for Mayo this week? Yeah. He and played where, 11. He played where 11 will he start? He, was he 11 played the 11 the weekend. He played 6 the week before and he played 11 the week before that. He'd probably play 11. He did, he played well against Gary and Tralee, to be fair. Um, play, yeah. It's a good yeah, question, does he know his best team? Mm. So many options, so many players have, have kind of come out of the woodwork there. You know, there's a there's a good depth there in Mayo. Yeah, looking back now, they have had a good league because they've got so many players in, um, oh. and they they risked like the, whether they made the final or not. I don't think would have bothered James Horn as we said last week. Like I don't think he he would last any sleep if they if they lost out in the final. Mm. But again, like we said. It, there's a couple of games that you just get so much information out of and this is one yeah he has to go at it with his best team a couple of questions on the coming in from the football pod GA Instagram page feel free to send them in or tweet them in, tweet them in every week um, Daryl Flynn wants to know will teams take the Talchin Cup seriously so just to give you the run of play and explain it to you Unless one of the counties who are now in Division 3 or Division 4 for 2023 make it to their provincial finals, they will be competing in the Thatcham Cup. That will be their All-Ireland this year. So the 16 teams at the moment are Offaly, Down, Antrim, Westmead, Fermanagh, Longford, Leash, Wicklow, Cavan, Tipperary, Sligo Leitrim, London Wexford, Carlow Waterford, New York. So... You know, we heard John Mohan say how it's going to be a, a huge chance for the young Offaly lads now. They're going to make the most of it. 
that he had got serious momentum out of it before back in the 90s. Paddy, we had Rory Gallagher on the pod back yep. in October talking about the benefits that Fermanagh got out of it running the B All Ireland back in the day. This is the Talchin Cup. Hopefully it's a new era of that. There's loads of conversations that we had around coverage and you know the amount of airtime it's going to get when they're up against Division 1 games and hurling games. So that's a conversation for another day. But do you think teams will take the Talchin Cup seriously? Those counties that I've listed out. I'm finding it difficult to pick a winner there. There's a lot of competition. Me, I, I think they will. And I, I think the scheduling is a positive for it that normally the National League finishes now and you could be waiting two months for yeah. the championship game and you could get a bad beating in the first round and then you're waiting another three or four weeks for a qualifier to kick in. And I don't care who you are as players, that is hard to uh, to stay motivated and stay at it. Where and stay in the country. And stay yeah, in the country. exactly. Stay yeah. in the country is a big thing as well. But um, the fact that it's, it's a lot more condensed, you're rolling from, like I said, the, the league finishing now straight into that. It's the first iteration of it. I think it will get coverage purely because it's just a new thing alone that people are going to be intrigued as to how this pans out. But I expect teams to, I expect teams to take it seriously. Yeah, I hope. I, I hope they do. Yeah, I, I hope they do. Yeah. Likewise, James, you same boat. Yeah, I think they definitely will. Yeah, well, we'll see. Once you're, once you're in it, once you're in a competition, you want to win it, and especially Absolutely. those players. You're playing for your county championship match. I think it's going to be brilliant for them. Like oh, a lot of players, their season would now realistically be over. Yeah. They, they'd be going into a into a game in the championship in the Ulster Championship or the Leinster Championship against a, a strong team. They'd be they'd be going in with no confidence because they're against the Division One team. They'd be knocked out. That would be it. You know, now they have a chance of actually going on a run and winning something. So I think it'll be a big success. A good few comments in. So I'm going to run through a few here. Stop me if you want, but I'm going to run through a couple first. Sean McBreen, will Dublin be using Crow Park next year for Division 2 games? It's an interesting question. I don't actually know. Uh, Seamus, the Rossies have been listening, Paddy. Roscommon promoted and the Dubs relegated. What does Paddy Andrews think of that? Well, we told you. Uh, Mark Leonard, will Conor Callan make enough of a difference to the dubs for them to be considered contenders? We've spoken about that. The dubs haven't gone away, lads. Uh, Pete Fitzpatrick, for those who say Monaghan are a one-man team, i.e. Conor McManus, that win was massive for the county. Uh, Shane Manton, great display by McCarran. Shane Barry, highlight of the weekend, Gary Moan's mullet. Um, Owen Quinn, what's the lads' thoughts on the Ulster Championship? It's obviously going to be very difficult to pick a winner from that, as we have already mentioned. Um, that CCC hear- hearing is going to have a- an impact on that, isn't it? <laughs> Massive. I mean, go for a man again. Like, Tony Gall have six lads to spend, and Michael Murphy with prayer to you. get the wrong one suspended, like, you lose that game, you're under pressure. I'm intrigued to see that chat. Like, like I, you probably have, yeah, Tyrone as favourites for it. Then you're looking at like Monaghan and Donegal are probably the more traditional teams over the last decade, but you've Derry and Armagh coming that they they can beat anyone of those teams. Like there's no real standout team. Um, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very good to watch the Ulster Championship as it always is. To be fair, Keen Hoy does Mickey Hart with back to back promotions silence the critics? I don't know if there's been. Has there been that many credits to Mickey Hart? He's been involved in the game so long that you're going to have people, you know, having bits to say about him. The, you know? the, the McCurry thing is interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because we, we had Conor McKenna on last year as well after after their All-Ireland success and there was a kind of a similar <laughs> um, response to 
the environment that uh, uh, towards the end of Mickey Hart's time that the players were kind of a bit fed up with it. There was definitely calls in the media and from ex-throne players. There was a sense that his time had come with that team. It was time for something new and something fresh. And look, they were, they were proven right. They bring in a guy, a, a new manager team, and they end up winning the All-Ireland out of really nowhere. But for Mickey Hart, the legacy he has in the GAA, what he did with Tyrone initially, and he's just shown he's gone into Toulon and done an incredible job. So I, I don't think, okay, maybe his time with Tyrone was at an end, but that doesn't mean he, he, he was a, a bad coach or anything like that. Everyone yes. knows he's not. And he's shown, got into Loud, and he's done massive things. Like I say, the only, <laughs> the only team going in the right direction in Leinster is Loud. Yeah. And a lot of that is down to their work with your heart and stuff. I think it would have been a fair question to ask when you're hearing things like that. Did Mickey Hart perhaps lose the ability to connect with that younger generation or that younger generation of throwing footballer? But now you're seeing he's clearly getting a tune out of this, yeah. this loud team, like, you know? Um, uh, the respect he has everywhere is insane. We played a championship qualifier against Tyrone in Killarney in 2012. 12, yeah. It was the most unbelievable atmosphere in Killarney I've ever been at. It was really? just savage. And half the stadium nearly stayed back uh, and applauded Mickey Hart. It was just, it was just nice to see. And he's, he's a legend. He is a legend. Is a legend. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's time comes to an end with a certain team. It goes stale. Your voice doesn't work. You, you know, you might follow out with a couple of players who have a big say in the dressing room. Have to go then. You know, your time is just done. And that's probably what happened in Tyrone. You can't say that he wasn't a great coach or that the, the boys oh. weren't great players under him. It just didn't fit at the end. He's moved on and is doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite GA books is one of Mickey's first knocking on heaven's doors from back around 03, 04, 05. I haven't read many others, but I know he's had a couple, but that was just such a good book um, on the, the early days of that Tyrone journey from not winning in All-Ireland to where they got to. A um, couple more comments coming in. Monaghan for Sam. It's coming out of Shane Hannon, a fellow off the ball. It's wide open. Colleague. Why not? As we say, Everyone's in the mix. It is wide 10 open. Teams in the mix. Darren has gotten touched and said, now, I don't think I took it in well enough. We were told it was a, a worldly at the weekend. David Clifford's score. He has to be talked about at length again this week. Was no, it as good? Talked this week? about him enough. I, I, what else saying when he kicked it? Because <laughs> I was watching it on the highlights. I was like, he skied that. That's gone about 100 yards wide. Mm. It's going to land in JM Reedy's there. <laughs> it goes out, out off camera and then it just comes back around. It yeah. was unbelievable. But you yeah. like that again, we said it last week. Every week you're going to have Clifford do something on the yes. pitch that is just extraordinary in the eyes of us. But to him, that is his standard. Yeah. It's normal for him. Owen Horgan, Limerick versus Dublin next year in Division 2. Limerick Rise has gone very under the radar. Joseph Farley, shocked to see our man involved in yet another row. Um, <laughs> Tongue in cheek on that one, I'd say, is it? it? It may be. Dublin only have said the dubs didn't deserve to stay up. The last two games inspired confidence, but we faded again today. Could I ask you a question, Paddy? The comeback that we saw, they were seven points down. They got it back to the draw with that Dean Rock penalty. They actually had a chance to go a point in front. Would the comeback have papered over cracks? Yeah. If they'd pulled they it out, of the got out of it anyway, obviously, if it was a draw, Calera would have stayed up, but the. The fundamental issues we, we touched on earlier in this episode, defensively, there's an area that doesn't really the focus on. I think their game management, they're kind of, when they're offending, the decisions they're making, like say, clutch moments in, in big games. We've seen it in Newbridge as well, a couple of tight games where 
Dublin for for years were the absolute best at that. The right decision was made all the time. I think they can improve on that. Um, and offensively as well, there's definitely been improvements offensively for them over the last couple of weeks. A lot more decisiveness, a lot more speed, a lot more energy in their play, a lot more direct. Um, but but a, a draw yesterday or, or nicking the results, the underlying issues that we've seen over the past two and a half months are still there and will need to be addressed. Whether they snuck out, of, got out of jail, free card and clonus yesterday or not, uh, those issues, if Dublin are going to try and win the All-Ireland, they need to be addressed. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for all those comments that you've sent into the football pod this week. There's loads there. I have a, a notes folder on my phone with a lot of rolling comments that I've, I've been keeping track of. So there's others that I'm going to get back to from a couple of weeks ago when there's a bit of a down week, but there was so much action this weekend. We could only kind of rattle through a few of them quick fire. Now to Paddy Andrews' favorite time of the week. It's fantasy Gaelic football time. And I just have to... Here, Paddy, don't go. Paddy, Paddy, don't go. I've got some good news for you. Somehow, Paddy what? Andrews got the best score of the three of us this week. <laughs> That's yeah. just the whole thing is flawed. <laughs> Carl, who runs the page, matched me earlier on. He said, what a laugh. Andrews, 186 points. So you've yeah. broken the thousand mark. You're into a thousand and forty. And I'm just okay. going to have a look at your team here. Just to give you a little, a little run through your tactics this week. Tactical yeah. mastermind, Paddy Andrews. We always knew that there was a manager in there. Um, I can't believe it. I was thinking of it there in Drew's Glen yesterday. Yeah, you really were, weren't you? The Cavan boys cleaned up this week, did they? The Cavan boys cleaned Kernan up. Vernon knocked out 25 points, I'd say. Yeah. Who's your coach, Jimmy? You have Jack on charge, yeah. I Jack, yeah. yeah. I put oh, I got I, two points this week. I changed it to Joyce. Bring him up there. Last week. So I lost it. So Paddy's Wolves. Rory Began and Gold's got you three points. Donald Kyogan, Owen Bon Gallagher, Sean Kelly, Paddy Durkin. Not much return there from your four backs, but McGeary gave you oh. 19 points. Gavin White came off the bench and kicked the points. So you got nine points. Is McGeary back? McGeary's a back. You didn't get much return out of midfield. Fenton and Tierney, six points between them. But in your forwards, wow. Tierney didn't even play. Half these lads haven't even played on Sunday. Shane McGuigan, 25 points. Michael yeah. Murphy, 17 points. Rain O'Neill, 12 oh, points. Jesus. Darren McCurry, 29 points. The Cliff, David Clifford, 16. And Cormac Costello, your captain, got you 32 points. So we were giving you a bit of slagging last week. We didn't think you'd get over the, the thousand point mark. But Never in doubt, yeah. lads. Never in doubt. Never right off the dubs. You're 89th out of 120 entries this year into the football pod. Take that. That's solid. I'm 64th. Uh, Johnny Heaney was my top scorer this week. With 21 points. I had him in defence. He got a goal. Uh, I thought I had Aiden. Great goal, actually. Yeah. Great goal, yeah. Dreamer, Tony Uboa. Don, who are you? You're in 37th. You're another decent oh. week. 1,290 points. Clifford was your captain. Tony Brosnan. I have a feeling Jack O'Connor and yourself had a word before the game. Let Tony, Tony Brosnan. I had Tony last week as well. Let Tony Brosnan take the penalty if one comes up today. <laughs> he got two goals yesterday. Sorry, yeah. yeah. He did. He got Impressive. two goals and one lovely point as well. Yeah, and you had you had uh, Johnny Heaney as well. So Brosnan had two one. Yeah, that's there was a couple of cheat codes in there, like Heaney in the backs, McGeary yes. in the backs. There was Nugent. one of two others. I saw Nugent yeah. in the backs. He was a good shot early on. I had him from from early on. Yeah, a couple of cheat codes, and it's all warming us up for the championship game. So, for anyone listening, you've got to re-register for the championship game. Um, so right. it's, it's a different well, I set up game my own altogether. Username and password. Yeah, time. exactly, Paddy. And we'll we'll yeah. take it. You can you can put a bit more thought and effort into it, like. But you've done pretty well for somebody who hasn't taken that much of a a, a keen eye on it. So well, just announce me as the winner of the three of us. 
Well, oh, no, the announcement for oh, Twitter. This is look. <laughs> well, oh, Jimmy. Well, hold on. Is, is the league finals obviously count, or is the that league it? finals? The league finals count, yeah, but I don't what know. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to catch it. Out of my team, yeah. so. How I'm many substitutions gonna... do we have? No transfers left. You're left ah, with the same team that you picked last week, lads. There's only a certain amount of transfer windows. You have to read the rules. So, we now have promised prizes for the top three in the Football Pod GA League. So, at the minute, the, the top three have changed once more. Connor Noonan, his name of his team is All Out Attack, Carberry County Kildare, 296 points at the weekend. Jeez. What on earth? Aidan Nugent, 47 points. Gerald McKiernan was his captain, 50 points. He had two goalie books and Paul Conroy and Shane Walsh that didn't even play, but will be playing this weekend. Stephen Sherlock, 33 points. John Heslin, 25 oh. points. Samuel Roy, 25 points. I see what you're doing here. Connor Sweeney, nine points. Uh, Jared Smith from Cavan got him 16 in defence as well. And Raymond Galligan in goals kicked him 30 points. He went he also, to Division 4, heavy. He did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Connor, to go about it, like. Connor, you've taken the lead, but I don't know how much you're going to get at the weekend now in the, in the final. Carl Killen is behind you. And he has taken a similar approach. He had Niall Murphy and Keith Byrne from Division 4 in his forward line. So you may not get caught, actually, this week. Uh, Darryl Connor could come from nowhere. There was Common Man, Kilbride. He's got Clifford in there. It's going to be hard to tell. Anyways, we'll be announcing the winners next week on the Football Pod on Episode 11 after the League Finals. Paddy Andrews, James O'Donoghue, it's been brilliant once more. It's been great spending time with you this evening. I think the sun has just gone nice. down as we finish recording. Uh, we'll be back with everyone next Tuesday on the Football Pod. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening. The best place to get the pod every week. Just search for the Football Pod and we have our own little feed there on all the podcast apps. We have been having some issues recently. We've undergone a, a change in the background and off the ball. So a couple of the Android apps like Podbean and Pocket Cast, they are collecting the podcast yet, but you will get it um, anywhere else that you can get podcasts. So apologies for any inconvenience there. Any last words, boys, before we wrap it up? Are you going to the games this weekend? Are you going to Cork Park? Potentially going Saturday. I'd like to pop the old head in now. It's my I birthday. Think be, I think Sunday, I think both games on Sunday will be very good. I have a game Sunday. Do you know how much the flight is carried to Dublin now? No, from Farm for No, what would it be? Or do you return? Oh, that's what? very good. Yeah. But the flight home first is class as well. Like. <laughs> first class right in there, yeah, is in with the luggage. <laughs> 40 return. <laughs> it's 40 good, return. Jimmy. But the, would you um, leave? I'm in Tralee myself on Friday. For a oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down playing a bit of golf. Super Valley? The There's a fundraising thing on. Uh, I give it a few quid to Kerry, like. <laughs> is, it a, is it a Kerry J golf outing, is it? It's it's a club. One of those districts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which one. St. Brendan's, maybe, is it? That's it. Dev. Yeah. Yeah, they beat, us, they beat us in the championship three years in the track. <laughs> oh, I won't get to watch that. I'll cut their donation in half. Mandy is coming down with me, so we're going to play a bit of golf. A good few Kerry That's a gorgeous course in Tralee, isn't it? Like, yeah. I'm hoping the weather's like All this, right. though. Hope I'll be down there, and then I'd hope to get into... I'd say I'll be in a crow court somewhere, yeah? Have you ever taken the, the plane from Kerry to Dublin? James, yeah, all the time. Oh, do you? Oh, well, it used to be. It used to be probably 120. But down to 40 euro, like, Could, like, like no well, when you get into the airport, is it like normal you, to, to get there an hour before security, all that? Kind no, of, or is it, well, no you just rock it, in and get on. Shannon's like that as well. You can Shannon. You don't have to go that early for Shannon. Like, yeah, no, Kerry's handy enough. Like. 
sometimes the lads there that are working, they nearly be putting something into your bag when you're going through the metal detector just to catch you <laughs> up, like, rather than actually <laughs> be too worried about what's There you have it, folks. For your commute this week, check out Kerry Airport Fairs. That's unbelievable. I got this. I got the train up to Dublin last week and it put me at 70 quid, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was that I missed my stop at Limerick Junction. I ended up in bloody Mallow and had to sit there in the cold for an hour waiting for a train Lovely back to Limerick Junction. Beautiful. I didn't get out. <laughs> didn't get out to see it. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. That's episode 10 of the Football Pod. Thanks for joining us this week, boys. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Magic folks. stuff, lads. Good night.